0: Test, test, one, two, three, slide finger up, button to lock recording. All right, there we go. All right, so we're recording. All right, so Johnny, um, I mean, this is Sergio, I'm here with Johnny uh, Menendez. Oh, shit. oh shit. Johnny, Menendez. Johnny Torres. Say, what's up, Johnny? Hey,
1: what's up, guys? you are listening to Johnny Torres' voice, the one and only Johnny, Johnny Boy.
0: Johnny boy, Johnny boy. All right, so we're going to have a brief conversation on sales. And today we're going to focus uh, on the entry and warm-up. Is that right, Johnny? That's correct. All right. So, Johnny, uh, in the sales process, uh, we have about a half a dozen different steps. And the entry and the warm-up would be step one. All right. So give a little bit of description to the listeners about what um, entry and warm-up is all about.
1: So basically entry and warm up starts off with you getting to the person's house knocking at the door greeting them finding a place to sit and finding exactly what is it that they're currently they're experiencing what are their problems and how you can solve them
0: Okay and what type of attitude do you feel is necessary when you go into uh Beginning the entry and the warm up when you're knocking at the door. Well, from a standpoint, you have to be a, a positive
1: person. You can't come off uh, any gloomy, uh, like a bearer of bad news. You have to be there to brighten up the day. Uh, you know, with the with you being there, I feel something that we currently and something that I've experienced is that. Uh, house i'm thinking you know i'm gonna get the same person every time but in reality i'm not i'm gonna it's like their house every house is different every customer is different every person we're meeting every day is completely different no one's alike and that's where i feel like i'm experiencing my current problems understanding that every person is different you're gonna have to be a little different with your attitude and
0: how you invoke yourself to them but you said uh, you have to be positive yeah. So do you have to be positive with everybody? You, you do have to be positive
1: with everybody. And, and
0: what do you do to prepare before a sales call to get yourself in the right state of mind?
1: Well, it depends. You know, mm-hmm. If I have some information on them, I'll go ahead and, and, and try to feed that to my brain and get a better understanding of how I should approach this person.
0: But let's take a step back. Before you even knock on the door, uh-huh. um, you said that it has to do with you got to be positive, right? Right. So, what if you're having a a shitty day and you're not necessarily in a positive attitude to go knock on the door, meet with the customer. What do you do to make that mental shift five minutes, five seconds before you knock on the door so that you can best present to this customer and put yourself in the best opportunity to earn their business?
1: Well, I mean, that's a good question. I think everybody as a salesman, we're also all different. So, we're going to each have our own Different way of uh, getting fis- uh, mentally prepared to be the positive person that you need to be. If you're having an off day, um, you know, even if you try your best, I feel like it's still going to affect somehow the way you're going to approach the, the customer.
0: And uh, give the listeners some of the things that you do specifically to help yourself uh, get in that mind uh, that mindset.
1: Well, something I do is uh, I actually either try to play a song that I like that I get that, that uh, makes me feel a little bit more relaxed more understanding there's always a song that I feel uh, gets to me and just listening to music for at least uh, five minutes before I go in makes me know where I'm at and how even though I might ha- be having an off day I need to approach this customer with nothing with, uh, but positive
0: hey, you know that's um I think that's a common factor for a lot of people. Uh, like for me, I, I tend to listen to uh, positive uh, recordings and audiobooks uh, throughout the day, but I notice that sometimes when I need that uh, that additional mind shift, that mind change where I need that extra oomph as far as like getting myself in a positive mental attitude, I, uh, I tend to want to listen to a, a song that I like, that um, that, that gets me upbeat probably about the, the five minutes leading up to my appointment. Um, so while I might be listening to an audiobook the whole day, uh, five minutes leading up to the appointment, I might want to listen to some music and, and, and help me get into that mind, that mindset. So definitely, I agree with you that uh, having a positive mental attitude, being able to go in there physically, mentally prepared uh, so that you can obviously uh, adapt to the customer's needs and, and changes. Like you said, everybody's going to be very, very different. Yeah. Now, when you uh, when you physically walk into the door, Johnny, what is it? What is the first thing you want to do after you physically knock on the door, say hello, and, and literally you're walking over the threshold, the the, the door?
1: Well, uh, for that, I would uh, I would say find a place to sit down. Uh, you know, I've been in positions where the customer wants to stand up and, and go ahead and, and show me their problems already, but uh, taking a seat will we'll definitely uh, make it more easier for us to understand what is it that we we're, we're there to accomplish
0: Now uh, there's good places and bad places to take a seat right Johnny right, right. right. Yeah. okay so the best position that you can be in to be the most powerful to have the most uh, effect uh, is where Johnny uh, the table the kitchen table the Absolutely. kitchen
1: table the, the one where they where, where they tend to eat together as a family due to the fact that I feel, if they're in their seat, uh, listening, they're going to be able to comprehend that and understand more of uh, how to talk to us and how they're going to be towards us. Just because in the kitchen table, that's where I feel most families sit down and talk about their days.
0: Um, Yeah, that's true, Johnny. I've I've heard that many times before where people feel that the kitchen table is where all the big decisions happen for most families. Uh, And that's absolutely right. Now, let's talk a little bit about the positioning of how you physically want to sit now there's good ways to sit and there's bad ways to sit with the customer um, can you visually describe um, the way that ideally is uh, the best way to sit with the customer
1: ideally I would say having the chair uh, well first you would have to uh, make sure you know where the where the customer sitting what's his favorite uh, spot because he could be sitting Uh, Take the first seat available But then he goes
0: ahead And sits across from you Maybe All the way at the end of the table Now now, That's funny you mention that Johnny Because a lot of people Probably would never recognize That Some people in their home Have a chair that they like to sit in Mm -hmm. And you don't want to take the man's chair or the woman's chair if that's their power chair, right? Their decision-making chair. You want to make them, uh, you want to be respectful of that. It's interesting you mentioned that because I don't think most salespeople would even consider that yeah. or even think or understand that. Um, so you definitely want to be mindful of the the, the Mr. or Mrs power seat if they have a place where they sit and they're going to make the best decisions you definitely want them to take that seat is that right
1: yeah that, uh, i have a perfectly set up example for that um in my uh in my home or when i used to live with my parents my dad used to take uh, the right the the middle chair for the table and that's where he would make uh, a lot of the decisions together as a family. And uh, we would sit there and convey what was it that we were trying to accomplish, and we were to make a decision as a family. And uh, one. So day, Johnny, what
0: what would happen if you would take your dad's chair?
1: Uh, the the shift of power will will unbalance out throughout the family.
0: But he wouldn't kick you off the table, off the chair. <laughs> he wouldn't kick me out the chair,
1: <laughs> but he would ask me politely to move before he. <laughs> so he would kick you off the chair. Yeah, he would kick me <laughs> out the chair. But uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because. Uh, actually had a a insurance guy come into the house one time to offer us life insurance and uh the one thing he did was he asked us to take a seat in the kitchen table but he went ahead and took my dad's seat Uh, as soon as he took that seat you could tell my dad uh, lost all you know considerations of listening to the guy and trying to understand what he was saying we all had to you know move a seat over which was not our accomplished you know not where we and wow, that, so you
0: could you would safely say that that dramatically yeah, uh, hurt the sales guy's dram- ability to sell your yeah dad.
1: exactly it, it it shifted the power uh, it didn't feel as we were in the family together where we usually are and it just made a lot of things uh, complicated for the salesman to so go ahead and show his, his presentation.
0: That brings up a good point. One of the things that we're going to be talking a, a little bit later down the road in in, in uh, additional shows is that. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the one thing that makes or breaks the sale, but it's all the little things that build up to you losing or you earning the sale. And although it might seem trivial or small that you don't respect the owner's, the homeowner's seat or chair in the house, that might seem small or trivial, but those are the little things that start piling up against the salesperson. Right. Okay. So definitely sitting in the in the, in the right. Uh, position makes a big, big factor, right? As far as um, positioning yourself for power. Now, assuming everybody's got the right seats, the the mom and dad, they're sitting where they're supposed to be sitting, there's chairs, and you got your own chair at the dinner table. Now, physically, do you want to be across the table from them? Do you want to be side by side? Do you want to be catacornered with them? What's the best position that uh, a salesperson should be in? I would say uh,
1: side-by-side, somewhere where you're able to reach to the person and connect to them uh, a little bit more, not physically, but at the same time a little bit more uh, mentally.
0: Side-by-side makes it seem like you're on their side of the team. If you're sitting across from them, it almost seems like their team versus your team yeah right and so sitting next to each other uh, definitely makes a big big impact it almost feels like you're part of the same team right yeah absolutely absolutely. now what type of questions do you ask in your entry and warm-up once you've gotten to the kitchen table you're sitting at the right spots you're trying to ideally sit next to him rather or her rather than uh, um, in front of them what type of questions do you uh, do we normally go through in the sales process
1: well, the, the first question, the most important, which I, I feel is a valuable one, is uh, what is it that you want, what is it that you need, and how can we be of assistance towards you? And I think that's where a lot of uh, salesmen, uh, you know, including me, including myself, have uh, struggled in, in the past just because the, the first question is, uh, is very valuable to the whole presentation. Because you're going in there to understand what is it that they're, they're, they're currently uh, dealing with. What is it that's affecting, affecting them as a family or affecting them as themselves? Why is it that they brought you and gave you time to sit down with them and talk about what's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, that's the, the question that I feel will, is, is the most valuable towards the whole presentation.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a that's a great opportunity for you to open it up and gauge how much interaction the customer is going to give you. Obviously, you know that you have customers that are going to talk a lot and customers that are not going to be very chatty with you. And you're going to have a challenge on trying to get information from them. But uh, the first question we ask is, you know, tell me a little bit about what you have, what you don't have, and ultimately, how can we be of service to you? That's absolutely a great, great question. Let's tear that down a little bit, right? So. Tell me a little bit about what you have, right? So that gives the uh, the homeowner the opportunity to tell us a little bit about the system that they have now. Now, we get all sorts of different uh, reactions to this, right? The positive one and the easy one is they tell you exactly what they have, right? Yeah. And now, some of the, the different types of customers that don't... Necessarily answer those questions for you right off the bat, um, and they give you some resistance. What type of resistance do you encounter when you uh, when you ask? Tell me a little bit about what you have.
1: Well, uh, when I, what I experience from that is, um, you know, probably one of the biggest one is uh, that their machine doesn't work. Or- uh, their machine is not uh, working properly.
0: What about do you tend do you tend to have customers at that point say, hey, just give me the price. Yeah, I just want a quote.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a really big one there too. And they just want the price. They just uh, uh, sit you down just to get the numbers out of your mouth, mm-hmm. and then
0: yeah. So customers can hit you with, hey, let me just have the price within the first three to five minutes of you just being in the house, huh? Correct. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about, um, about the rest of that question and then we're going to come back on how to overcome uh, that a little bit and kind of move forward with it, right? Okay. you asked tell me a little bit about what you have what you don't have and ultimately how can we be a service right so the next part of that is um what is it that you don't have and that kind of implies to let's let's figure out what you're missing kind of tell me a little bit about what you want to do uh so for example if you ask that question and homeowners would say well you know i don't have air conditioning they might have a heater but they don't have air conditioning um they might say things like, "Well, you know, I don't have even temperatures throughout the property, right? I have hot rooms, I have cold rooms, right?" Yeah. And the last part of it is, um, "How can we be a service?" Now, I love phrasing it that way because it, when you're of service, it opens up the 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 conversation for. Hey, this guy, this person, the sales individual that's coming to my house, he's here to be of service. So you state that within the first two to three minutes, which obviously sets the tone for the entire conversation. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I would, I
0: would uh, 100% agree with that. Uh, just you being
1: there of service to them uh, brings just a, a little bit more closer to that, towards, uh, that end goal that you're trying to reach at the end of the day. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so... Anything else you want to add before we start kind of handling a little bit of the objection? Because I I want to make sure that we give our listeners as much value as they possibly can get. And I definitely want to handle at least one or two objections for them.
1: Uh, One thing I would say is, you know, uh, you're going to either say exactly how you said it, like how Sergio has explained it to you. Or you're going to say something that feels a little bit more close to you. Uh, as you guys heard sergio says it's completely different from what I say and that's just because I'm still trying to get to to get uh the right words to say them or you know because I feel when I say it exactly like he does uh there, there's a difference in how we say it we're saying the exact same thing but he's saying it uh, a little bit more with with uh passion and sincerity as opposed to me who I can't at this point, where I'm at in my sales career, not to the hundred uh, percent where I can get the customers' uh, response the way I would want to, or the way Sergio gets gets it done nowadays.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a good point, Johnny. Um, when we teach our sales class, uh, one of the things that I like to uh, to provide to our students is that we want to empower each and every one to uh, take on the type of sales. Uh, uh, delivery method that they choose, right? And so I I think about two different methods of uh, learning, right? Or trying to give the students what they need. So the first one is do exactly what I tell you to do. Literally just repeat the words that I say, meaning get everything scripted, learn the script, get everything canned, have a canned presentation so that when you walk into the house, you're saying exactly the words that I'm giving you, right? And the other approach to that is, okay, let's understand the basic premise of why we say what we say and then choose your own words to say the same thing but in your own words, right? We're all very different. We all use very different words. But the goal of, the, of, of that is let's just understand the meaning of it, break it down. And then be able to say the same thing, maybe in different words, but be able to portray the same message. That's a very good point, John. Very, very good point. Mm -hmm. I think that we all learn very differently. I think that a majority of us need to be independent. But there are a handful of people that do very well with just scripts. And, hey, just tell me exactly what to say. I'm going to memorize it and I'm going to go in there and say it. Uh, For me personally, that's not the way I learn. So I need to understand the why behind everything and then once i understand that then obviously i can try to make it my own so uh, very very good point johnny
1: yeah and uh that's something that we need to clarify for all the listeners that are here that are going to listen to us that we're we're, the main objective of our you know us talking is getting to teach you guys exactly what is it that you know it's going to help you out in in the long run and you're going to have different uh know ways of perceiving it especially because you're you not know, guys aren't going to be in the same uh, stage that we're in um, you, you have two guys here one of them is one of the greatest salesmen that i've ever encountered in my life Thanks, John. uh years of experience really good at uh showing that positive attitude and then you have me who's uh, uh, recently new to the sales process sales uh, career but uh you know i have a strong desire and then that's what i, I feel it, is gonna push you guys at, at the long run, having that desire that that salesmen need to have, especially if it's a, like Sergio who's been here in the process for years and he still has that desire, in, and that's what's uh catapult, what's gonna
0: catapult you to the greater uh, achievements that you want to reach. Dang, Johnny, you're making me blush here. <laughs> but so, <laughs> Johnny, that that's uh that I mean. You can't say it any better than that, right? I mean, the desire, the passion, those are so, so important. I mean, a lot of people take jobs just to take jobs because they absolutely need a job, they gotta pay the bills, they gotta take care of their responsibilities, but they absolutely hate what they're doing. And when you don't have any passion for it, then you don't have the desire to learn, grow, and develop your skills. And uh, one of the things that I that I love about sales is that it's given me such an opportunity to not only grow in the career that I'm in, but also develop my uh, my communication skills and skills on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that I've learned for sales here, uh, I'm able to apply with both my family, with my interactions, with people on the street, right. uh, in every aspect of my life. And so that's definitely one of the things that I find uh that I love about uh, sales, uh, just the ability to always just keep learning and growing and, and, and be passionate about it, so definitely. Now, Johnny, let's talk a little bit about the objections that you get when you say, hey, tell me a little bit about what you have, what you don't have, and ultimately, how can we be a service, right? So customers initially can start off with saying things like, hey, just get me the price. I don't have a lot of time, things like that, right, Johnny? What, what are some of the things that you've heard right at the beginning?
1: Well, like you said, uh, of the basic ones that I hear, you know, and more constantly is I don't have enough time. Uh, let's just get this over with. Just give me the price. Uh, you know, I only have ten to fifteen minutes. You know, um, I just want to hear the numbers. Just give me the numbers. That's uh, that's the common ones that I hear uh, throughout this
0: uh, career right now. Now, do you remember, Johnny? What's the the first thing we got to do when we hear an objection?
1: Uh, I believe it's uh, I, I understand uh, you know you want to uh, let them know that you understand but at the same time you want to not divert the question but just uh, make it on the, them know that you're gonna you you're being there for uh, of service you're not getting paid to sit down and just give out a number. You're getting...
0: You know, Be agreeable, right? Yeah. And what, what what do you do when you're agreeable, when you understand, when you convey that message? Hey, sir. Hey, Mr. Mrs. Jones. I completely understand what you mean. Uh, hey, I totally agree. Totally understand. What, what are you trying to do with that? How does that help the presentation? I feel
1: that just uh, buys you a little bit more time because you're, you're showing the customer, the, the homeowner, that, that you're in the same page. Okay, you don't have time. Well, then we're gonna see if we can get more time. You want the number? Well, I'll show you why. I understand why you want the number. Why you you're asking for it from right the beginning?
0: Yep. And uh, Grant Cardone, one of the uh, one of uh, big sales guy, big sales guru, he talks about this all the time. Always be agreeable. Always agree with the homeowners. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be a yes man. That doesn't have to. That doesn't mean that you always accept what the customer tells you. But if you're agreeable then it reduces the challenge. It eliminates the problems. It uh, it, it reduces the homeowner's need to uh, to fight against you. There is no more fight, right? You can't fight against somebody that's agreeing with you. So...
1: Now, would you say uh, agreeing with them is completely... Um, it's deriving more from the yes-man? Because uh, that's where I'm still struggling a little bit. Well, what is it that you mean by agreeable? And then the yes-man, how do
0: you separate the two from one one another that's a great question Johnny Um, let's uh, let's say that you um, you tell me hey Sergio the the sky is yellow
1: Okay.
0: now I don't have to tell you no it's not it's blue I could but that's obviously challenging your point of view right? right I could simply agree with you and still have my own opinion just because I say, hey, Johnny, I completely understand what you mean, right? That doesn't mean I'm telling you yes, and that doesn't mean that I see your point of view. That just means I understand your point of view, and that's it. So when I say, hey, I completely understand, hey, the, the sky's yellow, hey, that that's, I completely understand what you're saying. Now, what do you think about the clouds being blue and this and that now I can change it up and add a little bit more uh, to that right but when I agree with you that eliminates you challenging or continuing to fight with me right the only thing we want to accomplish with being agreeable is just lower the the wall that you that the customers gonna have when you're entering their house because they know you're there to sell them on something right They invited you over because they have an interest on buying something. They just don't know if they're going to buy from you. So what we're trying to do is lower their resistance, lowering that barrier, that wall that they're putting there initially. So when you say, hey, I completely understand, you don't have to disagree or agree with them uh, as far as their opinion. You just are agreeable and then you can move forward. You can address that situation later if you choose to or not.
1: Okay. Okay. understand what you mean. I gotcha. just wanted to clarify that before uh, we moved on because I wanted to make sure that <laughs> I didn't go into customer's house and uh, was thinking that I was agreeable and instead became a yes man. Uh, and that would, I feel, you know, complicated things a lot more for me just because they're going to expect me to give them a yes from there on. Correct?
0: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I, I'm glad you dug into that a little bit deeper because I feel that a lot of a lot of us, a lot of times, go into the customer's house and we feel that we have to be too respectful and um, the, 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 the salespeople that understand that no is not something that we want to tell the customers and we want to always have a positive attitude, we don't want to become yes men. We don't want to always tell them yes we were just talking about this earlier today, right? When we were having that conversation with a customer and he was requesting additional information from us. And rather than saying, yeah, I'll just give you this information, what did we do, Johnny? We were asking him more questions. We were trying to figure out why he was asking these additional questions. Uh, basically, the homeowner was asking for what? For pamphlets or yeah, some sort brochure. of a brochure, right? Yeah. And so we don't carry brochures normally. We don't offer brochures. Uh, that's not the type of sales that we do. And we don't highly recommend that we that you offer brochures. Um, but to us, it was, a, it was a way for the customer to deflect the... Um, the, hey, I'm ready to buy or I'm not ready to buy. And so we don't necessarily want to just tell them yes, 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 especially if we don't have something that, um, that, that we can give him. So instead we started asking a bunch of questions as to why he wanted this, uh, what did he want it for, um, and uh, although there was a little bit of resistance, the customer eventually uh, basically just told us he just wanted to know that this is a legitimate company that he's doing business with and that he wants to see some sort of advertising or marketing to understand that, hey, he's, he's dealing with a big company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent, excellent. So we don't want to be yes men. We don't want to just say yes, yes, yes. Um, one of the things that we're going to discuss later down the road is, is uh, a, a questions are the answers. I think uh, Zig Ziglar is real big on that. Uh, He's always talking about uh, ask more questions, Um, even answer their questions with a question. And a lot of the times you'll be able to understand more from the customer, but we'll chat a little bit more about that once we get into the actual nitty gritty of the sales. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um, So good. So we, we, um, let's, uh, let's do a little role play, Johnny. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, um, ask me, uh, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do the entry and warm up with you, and then I want you to give me some resistance, uh, anything that comes to you, to you, like, hey, I just, you know, how much is it going to be, uh, I don't have a lot of time, whatever you feel that you want to say, okay? Okay, sounds good, that's all right. All right, so I just knocked at the door, we, uh, I asked, hey, uh, Johnny, where can we have a seat, kind of go over what you need and what you want, and you pick the kitchen table, I follow you to the kitchen table, we sit down at the appropriate seating. And uh, I I start off with, hey, thanks for giving us the opportunity to earn your business, Johnny. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you have, what you don't have, and ultimately, how can we be a service to you?
1: Honestly, man, uh, can
0: I just get the the number? How much is it going to be for this system? Hey, that's a great question. I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, So let me share a couple things with you, uh, and we're definitely going to address that for you right now.
1: Uh, no, it sounds good, man, but uh, I'm running a little bit ahead of time, so I'd rather get just the number. What is it? How much is it going to be?
0: I understand. About how much time do we have, Johnny? Uh,
1: I wouldn't say I have to pick up my wife in about an hour or so.
0: Okay, so you would say we have about an hour.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, so I'm going to do my best to give you as much value as I possibly can. I'm going uh, to ask you a couple of questions that I'm going to need some answers to so that we can provide you the best uh, amount of value. Does that make sense to you? but you you don't want to just give me a number
1: or something there that you have around how much it could be?
0: I absolutely will. I'm going to go over a couple things with you so that I can understand what is it that you need, what is it that the house will allow us to do, and then we'll be able to do an assessment of your property. We'll walk around the house together. That's definitely going to take a few minutes. At some point today, I'm definitely going to give you a to-the-penny quotation. Does that make good sense, Johnny?
1: Yeah, okay, that makes sense.
0: Excellent. So basically what we want to do is we don't want to tell the customers no. We don't necessarily want to answer their questions, but we want to uh, deflect it and give them a reason why we're going to answer their question, yes, just a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Okay, Buy yourself some time with value. There isn't a customer in the right state of mind that's going to say, no, I don't want more value. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've
1: ever heard anyone say that in, in, uh, in all the consultations that we've had together.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so the idea is just give value, give value, give value, right? Um, so, all right. So let's move on, Johnny. Let's um, – so we're, we're – um, we do the entry and the warm-up. We're starting there. Our first question is, hey, tell me a little bit about what you have, what you don't have, and how can we be a service. This is the point where we're trying to understand what is it that we're truly there to do, right? And yeah. now this can apply to anything. It could be good for windows, roofing, siding, solar, really any in-home um, uh, construction product that could be sold, including um, water softening systems, filtration systems, anything really that has to do with something that you can sell with inside of the house. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, we're talking uh, specifically about heating and cooling, but honestly, it's all about sales. Okay? Um, so, let's go on to the next couple of questions that you asked, Johnny. What are we supposed to do and ask when we're in the entry and hormone
1: well, in the entry and warm up, once we get the what I feel is the biggest question, which was so, what is it that you want, what you need, and how we, can we be of service, the second and following several questions are uh, asking little details about the house and uh, getting to know more information from what, how complicated or uh, what is it that we're going to be
0: working in. Um, Give us some type of examples that could be generic questions, maybe not necessarily specific to heating and cooling, but generic for all the salespeople they can pick up on. You know, whether they're doing roofing, windows, siding, solar, doesn't matter.
1: Well, some of the generic questions can be uh, if they know when the house was built, uh, how long have they been there. I feel that's a big one. Uh, You can always relate to a person just uh, from how long they've been there. If they tell you, you know, a big, extreme number over 15, 20 years, you know, you can assume that they're going to stay there for another 15, 20 years and... uh,
0: you know, you can build a little bit of icebreaker and get another person from there. Now, so, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there, Johnny. Yeah? Um, so if a homeowner's been in a house for 15 years, you feel that um, that the homeowner's going to be there for another 15 years?
1: I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would assume that just, uh, just because I feel the customer, the, the homeowner is, uh, if they're over 15, 20 years... I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that they, they, they've, they've lived a, a whole portion of their lives there, and uh, that's, uh, that's something that, that they even, have, they haven't left due to some, you know, reasons that they may, may have personally, financially, but that's also something that I feel will, will it, it's close to their heart. I try to sometimes not involve emotions into the, into the in-home consultations, but I feel like sometimes the emotions get the best of me trying to get to know a person and uh, go ahead and assume or or get to know the person a little bit more than it,
0: it should be all right so we're gonna agree to disagree on this topic for a second Johnny uh, I don't think it's a big big deal um because I think that either way it goes I mean if they're there for another 15 years great if they're not I don't think it's going to make a big difference so we'll agree to disagree personally I feel that I, I wouldn't assume necessarily whether they're going to be moving out or not but either way um yeah. definitely a good question for sure um, what additional questions would we ask?
1: Uh, square footage of the house. Uh, what kind of a, a utility company do they currently have? Uh, that's a now, what
0: company. do we usually add when we ask about the utility company?
1: Uh, uh, what we add after asking about the utility company is uh, we, if we get a response such as LADWP or Edison, we go ahead and, and let them know that uh, if based on the machine that they choose, the most efficient ones right now, Offer incentives and uh, coupons that we uh, look out for and offer to the homeowner.
0: Ah, okay. So let's take a pause there, right? So we've been in the house for about three to five minutes. We've asked a couple of questions. And as of right now, it's only been a couple of questions. So it's not too crazy long as far as the amount of questions. But at some point, your customer is going to start thinking, okay, how many more questions does this guy have? How long is this going to go on for? I don't have a lot of time five questions maybe not a lot but they're gonna start thinking about it pretty soon so the reason why we say hey you know what utility company do you have here they'll answer whatever they answer it doesn't really matter then you say you may qualify for or the reason why we say this where we ask that question is because you may qualify for some additional rebates or incentives and the reason why we say that is because that's kind of a way of explaining to the customer why we're asking these questions so that they now know that there's a reason for us to ask these questions and it's all about giving them value. Yeah. And there may be some rebates, incentives or discounts for them. And so now they're interested in the questions you have to ask because now they feel like, oh, wow, he's only asked me three to five questions. And the fifth question led to there might possibly be rebates or incentives. So let me ask answer a few more questions. There might be an additional benefits for the homeowner
1: right yeah so i agree with you on that one just because we don't want to turn the whole consultation into a questionnaire uh most of the times when you get hit with questionnaires it's uh during bad times uh when you're at the doctor they just keep asking you questions and questions you're like getting worried about what is it that you might have uh cops just tend to ask questions and questions and questions and and even their math tests we
0: just definitely a don't want to be portrayed as we, cops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to be portrayed as just a questionnaire. We want to show them value as to why we're asking these questions and how is it that it's helping us out that they're answering all these questions with us. We could have easily just uh, gone into uh website Google and found out exactly all that information uh, in the internet, but it takes away from the value that we're showing to the customer.
0: Yeah, I like the, that That word is going to keep coming up over and over, value. Uh, the word value is going to keep coming up because uh, it, it's... In our sales process, in the way that we coach, we teach, we present, we always want to bring value to the table. We feel that the more value we give to the homeowner, the easier it is to separate ourselves from our competition. Because there's a lot of people out there that are really good at what they do. They have the gift of gab. They know how to communicate with customers and they give some value. They just don't give an enormous amount of value and what we want to do is we want to get value from the moment that we knock to the to the minute that we leave right, right. excellent excellent so now a few more questions johnny and then let's let's kind of un- understand why we ask all these questions now uh we'll talk a little bit more about that let's go over a few last questions um, that you would ask in the entry and warm up
1: uh, during the entry and warm up, I would go ahead and ask uh, if this is a project they're looking to do in the f- uh, coming year in the five years from now. Uh, are there any other projects that they're considering doing in their house? Uh, another big one is, uh, besides yourself, is there anyone else that's going to help you choose uh, your equipment, the financing, the brand?
0: And... Wow, big solid questions. So I, I let me. Um... Let me kind of throw out the way I usually phrase um, two of those three questions that you just brought up. I think those are super, super important for any person doing in-home sales. Uh, The first one was, is this a project that you feel you're going to be doing this year, next year, or in the next five years? Now, you got to be very careful with how you ask that question because it could come across too deliberate and the customer will feel it's a setup question. Like if you ask, hey, do you want to get this done this month or next month? The customer already knows that you're going to corner him into, hey, you said that you were going to buy this month. They're going to start feeling a lot of pressure. So if you ask it very Um, Kind of in between some of your other questions A little bit nonchalant With not a lot of interest But hey, just ask the question so you can get it Hey Mr. and Mrs. Jones, is this a project you feel you want to do this year, next year, or in the next five years? I like phrasing it that way because it's very uh, indirect, it's very unassuming, uh, and the homeowner, for me, in most of my cases, most of them say, I want to get it done as fast as possible. Uh, I do get customers that say, hey, I, I definitely want to do it probably at the end of the year, and that gives me an opportunity to ask, hey, um, what, what are the reasons for that? And a lot of times they'll say, hey, tax returns, refunds, uh, money, uh, some financial situation might change in the future. And those are key things for you to understand at the beginning so that obviously you can present uh, or formulate your presentation towards, uh, towards that. So very, very good question. Um, the second question, uh, and equally as important, I think, is other than yourself, is there going to be anybody else that's going to be helping us with the decision on the equipment, the brand, the efficiency, or even where the equipment is going to be located? Right now, you can add a few more things to that or change them up a little bit, but you definitely want to get this message across. Other than yourself, is there going to be anybody else that's going to be helping towards a decision? Now. You could say that in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But we say it that way specifically so it's not rude or disrespectful. I've been in call centers before where a representative on the call center would ask the husband that the call center lady or guy was talking to would say, hey, is your wife... Or, uh, husband gonna be there now if they're talking to a lady they'll say things like is your wife a husband gonna be there and if they're talking to a man they'll say is your wife gonna be there two big mistakes there number one they're assuming they're married
1: they may yeah. not be
0: and that's um, offensive right yeah Some people get really emotional. I mean, it could be a lady that maybe just went through a divorce or a man that's, you know, in his late 30s, 40s, 50s, just went through a divorce. Getting asked a question like that might bring up or surface some pain or emotions that, honestly, we don't want to be associated with, right? Yeah. Excellent. The next reason is that, you know, times have changed. It's Uh okay to be married to a man if you're a man. It's okay to be married to a woman if you're a woman. 20 30 40 years ago might have not been okay might have not been so freely discussed or openly talked about now it's not that big of a deal right and as we progress as a society that's going to be less and less uh, of a a problem of an issue Uh, but for our current generation for the conversations we have now some people are still a little bit detached from that and so we want to ask it properly because a lot of times we go to homes and their partner is of the same sex. And so we want to be respectful of them, right? So if we ask, other than yourself, is there anybody else that's going to help make this decision? That opens it up for, it could be a son, it could be a daughter, it could be a grandpa, it could be a grandma, it could be an uncle, it could be a lover, it could be your, your husband, it could be your wife, it could open it up to anybody, right? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, have you ever
1: gotten any risk? Uh
0: any resistance from you asking that question so it, it's funny that you that you asked that question Johnny i mean the question that the way we asked that question came from getting resistance our call center representatives were constantly getting uh, ob- objections rejections they were getting hung up on they were saying they were they were told that's a very rude question
1: yeah
0: from men that had husbands not wives Okay. right and so we were getting uh, our call center girls were getting beat up or our call center representatives were getting beat up because they were asking it the wrong way as soon as we started phrasing it the way we phrase it now we don't get any more objections we don't get any more resistance we don't get any more uh, any more physical uh, or verbal uh, uh, restraints or restrictions from that anymore so that the way we phrase it actually was born from Objections being uh, thrown at us. Oh, okay, so it has to be phrased in a delicate
1: manner in order for it not to come off as offensive or anything like that.
0: Absolutely. Other than yourself, is there gonna, is there anybody else that's gonna help us make the decision of this, that, or the other? We normally say, is there anybody else that's gonna help you make the decision? On the, uh, on the equipment, the brand, the financing. Literally, you can add anything that you want on there for any product that you want. The big important part is, other than yourself, is there going to be anybody else that's going to help you make the decisions for blank? Makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Good question. Good question, Tony. Um, so, definitely um, good key questions. Now, about how long would you say is the entry and warm-up, Johnny? Well, I mean, in my stage
1: where I'm not freezing it as I, I should, or not, uh, uh, you know, explaining it as well as you are, I feel my uh, entry and warm ups are, are getting short, uh, between fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, in reality, I feel it should be a little bit more, just uh, for it, for us to better understand where, where is it that we're, we're getting off and we're just getting off on the right foot if, if there's anything else I'm missing out that did, did I maybe phrase out something in the way I shouldn't have and I, I built more resistance than I did from the beginning that I knocked on
0: the door. Okay, now, I don't know if we got the, the times a little off, but I, I, I definitely agree with you that the times are a little short. Um, and I think that's a, attributed to um, just cutting corners and that's normal. We'll talk about that. But uh, I think for a for new um, sales consultants, representatives going out to the customer's home, they, they cut the questions in half, they don't ask them the right way, um, whether it be because they're nervous, they don't remember the questions, um, they don't know that they need to ask, or they don't understand why they're asking the questions, right? Uh-huh. And, I think that a lot of people do an entry and warm-up for about uh, 5 minutes and maybe 10 minutes. But the average amount of time we want to invest in an uh, entry and warm-up is about 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, anything more than that, um, the customers definitely start realizing that, hey, you need to start moving and doing something, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I thought I would... That I was cutting it a little bit too short no I agree you are cutting it short but I think that you're cutting it short in the sense of like five to ten minutes uh, I think by five to ten minutes you're already starting to do the next step which is the walk around we'll talk about that in the next session no um, but the I think a lot of times people cut corners um, because again they, they either forget the questions they're nervous they um, they don't understand why they're asking these questions yeah. so Let's talk a little bit about that, Johnny. Um, why do we ask these questions? Why is the entry and warm-up so important?
1: I feel it's important because we it's, uh, its like I said, how is it that we're going to start off? Are we starting on the right foot? Are we going to understand your problems? and Are we going to be able to resolve them? Or am I just in there to to make a uh, show, a number, and that's it? Uh, in reality, what we're there is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's to make the sale. But there's so many things that start off from the beginning from the entry and warm-up that we have to be cautious about. Uh, Entry and warm-up, like you said, uh, we we have to show a lot of value. But as well as uh, another thing you said is getting a lot of, uh, uh, as you say, bullets. Get a lot of information from the customer in order to understand, uh, get off into a, a better step from there on
0: to the walkthrough. Got it, got it. Now, you said a a big, powerful word, bullets, right? So uh, we'll we'll reference that a little bit later down the road. But basically, what Johnny means by bullets is through the course of a conversation with a homeowner, with a customer, they're going to be dropping uh, comments or words or suggestions or ideas uh, or feelings or emotions that... You can, if you pay attention to them, you can definitely pick up on those words and be able to use those words later to help the homeowner make the right decisions into purchasing uh, or making the right investment with you. Okay, um, we're definitely going to talk a little bit about, uh, or a lot more about that in uh, in conversations to, to come. Um, now, one of the things that that uh, I've been asked for asked about in the past is. What type of questions should you ask for the type of industry that you're in? Now, two things with that. One is if you're ever in need of, uh, of formulating your own questions for your own product, we'll be happy to assist. We'll provide a phone number a little bit later down the road where you can call in or email us, and we'll ha- we'll, we'll uh, try to work with you and assist you on uh, on putting in the right words or the right questions, rather. Um, Pasadena, John. Sorry, we're driving. Almost miss our exit here. And uh, you got to get on that uh, Pasadena, Johnny. Sure. Yep, Pasadena. And uh, so, where were we, Johnny? We were talking about um, asking, the, yeah, right asking the right questions and why we ask these questions. Now, sometimes people ask, <coughs> "Why do I?" We ask these questions, and are they really, really that important? Mm-hmm. So, the questions themselves are not. 100% super, super important. The reason for asking these questions is because it's part of your entry and warm-up. It's part of you trying to display some amount of value to the customer, um, trying to make it make the customer understand that you're you have a lot of knowledge. And by you asking the right questions, it might be simple, but it is a way of portraying that you know what you're doing. You ask questions that are related to the job that, uh, that you're about to undertake and it makes you seem as a knowledgeable individual. Now, you're not gonna go in there and ask for questions that are related to their landscaping if you have nothing to do with landscaping, right? They have to be questions that are somewhat related to the industry that you're in, um, but those questions are meant to make you look good because you're asking the right questions. Second, uh, or in addition to that, you get to gauge the customer's knowledge. There are customers that come from a very uh, well-rounded background and maybe they know a lot about construction. Mm -hmm. And when they do, you'll be able to pick that up through the way that they answer the questions. They know exactly when their house was built. They know how many square feet they have. They know what a slab foundation is. They know how many electrical uh, or amps their electrical panel has. Uh, They know all the, the answers to your questions, right? And so that'll help you understand as a salesperson that... Hey, you're speaking to somebody that has a lot of knowledge. You don't want to bullshit this guy because they're going to call bullshit as soon as they smell it, see it, or understand it. You want to be a straight shooter with everybody, but especially with the people that you know have a good background in it and they will smell your bullshit. Okay? Do you feel these questions when we ask them? um,
1: Like you said, depending on the person that you're dealing with, uh, the homeowner, do they... Questions help out a lot more if uh, you're like I am in the beginning sales career, uh, you know, stage. Do you feel the questions? uh, If I if I get hit with someone that, um, like you said, knows a lot about them, about the industry that we're in, do these small questions, although generic, like you said, help out a lot more to build some more credibility towards me, who's just beginning in the stage.
0: Yes. Now they're generic in the industry that you're in. okay? Okay. But yes, they're, they're they're vital for you asking these questions for a number of reasons. Um, you get to learn what type of questions you are important in your industry, right? And you ask them right off the bat. And after you say it, you ask them you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, they become natural to you. They become just random questions that you ask throughout your presentation, and you're just going to gather this information, uh, and, and it almost feels like it's by osmosis because once you get really good at it, you're just talking to the com- customer like a conversation and you're just dropping these questions uh, um, very indirectly and the customer's just answering at this point. Wow. But it's super, super important for you to learn what questions are important. So they're generic but based in your industry, right? Wow. Um, they're also important for the customer to understand that you have an understanding of what you're looking for and it sets the premise for what you're going to be going around to look at. Now, in the industry of heating and cooling, we have this thing called the Load J Calculation. Basically, it's an algorithm that allows uh, the uh, heating and cooling contractor, salesperson, to understand, or technician, to understand or to give to the computer some variables like square feet, type of flooring, roofing, windows, um, how well the property is insulated. All of these little factors will determine how hot and how cold the house gets, will then, and that will then determine the size that's appropriate for the system for that house, meaning a two ton, a three ton, a four ton, a five ton. Uh, Again, if you're not in the industry of heating and cooling, it doesn't really matter. Um, Obviously, every industry might have something that uh, that the industry mandates as a standard practice that each and every one of you have to learn in order to be able to deliver to the homeowner uh, specific sizing on, on uh, uh, roofing or windows or what have you. Makes sense, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, uh, at this point, you're, you're in the customer's house uh, about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, normally, Johnny, at this point, um, would you say that you have... Um, zero trust with the customer 10 percent 20 30 40 50 or hundred percent and hundred percent of trust means you're ready to ask for the hey um, uh, we'll, we'll do a great job for you uh, Let's go ahead and move forward with this with this project right uh, They're ready to buy essentially
1: I feel at this moment in time where you depending on how you phrase out the questions if you didn't cut any corners if you delivered it correctly you're starting off on the right foot you're going to be in between the 10 and 30 percent. You're not uh, 100% in. You're not, uh, you know, ready to close the deal already because I feel you still have a lot of steps going on towards uh, the end goal.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Johnny. There's still a lot of steps, right? So just like one thing is not going to destroy your presentation, not one thing is going to make your presentation everything to allow you to just ask for the order. So... The reason why we have about a half a dozen steps for the sales process is because everything works off of each other and builds on each other. And as you're progressing through the sale, you're basically trying to earn the customer's trust, so that at the end, when you're asking for their business, they trust you. So the entry and warm up is not going to give you 100% of the trust ever. It's definitely going to give you some level of trust with the homeowners now. An important thing to to mention and for every salesperson to always look out for is I've noticed that some people will be inside of a sales presentation, they're doing their entry and warm up, they've built zero trust, zero value, they've gone through the presentation but they did it in such a manner that they gathered no trust from the customer and gave no value to the customer but yet they're going to move forward. Uh What's the problem with moving forward if you haven't gotten any trust or given any value, Johnny?
1: I feel moving on to the next step, it's going to make it a lot more complicated for you to actually get, you know, that sell at the end of the day. Uh, Mm, One one big thing you always uh, let us know and teach us is uh, uh, you can't backtrack. There's no way we can go ahead and move on to the next step. And then after that, oh, let's go back to the entry and warm up. It's uh, a one-in-one. The moment uh, a step that you can't go back to, it's uh, you, you have to make sure you, you get as much trust, even if it's not a lot, but still get the trust from the customer and not move uh, beyond that until you get some trust or some uh, less resistance or break down at least one of the many
0: wants that the customer's gonna have. Absolutely, absolutely, and when them. Um when, have you ever been in that situation, Johnny, where you where you literally go through your entry and warm up, build zero trust, zero value, and you still keep going?
1: Yeah, I think I have. I, uh, I feel that's the worst part because as a salesman, uh, you're supposed to know where in the uh, – you, you know your process. You know your steps. You know where – where when you're about to shift into your new step, which is the walkthrough, and you know how you, – you can sense that as a salesman, you can sense the trust. And moving on from there, it's really tough. It's uh, it's uh, uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for their customer because they don't want to uh, go ahead and move on to the next step. Even though they know there's no shift, they don't want to move ahead on because they have built zero trust or zero uh, mm. yeah. uh, confidence with you.
0: Yeah, I agree, Johnny. I've I definitely been there myself. Uh, I remember early in my career... Doing the presentation like it was a cam presentation with literally no value. I went through the whole thing, and at the end, I was asking myself, "I went through all the steps, and why didn't I get a sale?" Uh-huh. Right? No yeah. value. No, I didn't earn anybody's trust. And one of the things that I think is probably the most difficult things to teach and for people to learn is how to calibrate. When you're inside of a presentation, if you don't understand that you're that you've gone 15 minutes without building any value, if you don't understand that, there's no way for you to calibrate, which means basically you gotta adjust. If you keep moving forward, you're you're, you're actually digging a a bigger uh, grave than, than helping yourself out of it. And so you gotta build value before you move forward. So if you've been in the homeowner's house for 15 minutes, you've gone through your questions and built zero value, something's wrong. You need to take a step back You need to sit down, you need to calibrate, which basically means, hey, you need to physically, quickly, you need to quickly, mentally assess where you're at with this conversation and adjust for it. If the customer is not giving you any, uh, or showing any signs of trust towards you, do not move on. Sit down, if you've got more questions, ask them. But if that wasn't working, you may wanna take a, a, a different approach. You may be sitting across the table from a homeowner that wants a buddy, that wants somebody to just chat them up. We've been in sales calls like that yeah. where we we go in with the idea that we're going to do a full uh, presentation and then about five minutes later, you've seen me where I kind of jump in and, and I take over the conversation and uh, literally we're not talking about anything that's related to heating and cooling or the sales process and we're talking about things that are more emotional to the customer correct and we're able to make sales that way aren't we yeah now you got to be very very careful with this because demos equals dollars demonstrations presentations are going to give you high return on your investments but there are some customers that literally are not going to want your presentations and they literally just want another human being to talk to them, to, to uh, earn their trust and to say, hey, look, I, I need X project I just need somebody that I can trust. I don't know anything about it. I don't wanna know anything about it. I just wanna know that somebody's gonna come in and do it for a reasonable price and that's gonna walk me through the whole process, gonna be responsible for everything that happens. I just need somebody to take care of it. I've been across people like that. I can honestly say that my mom is one of those people. Right. Whenever she has a project, she doesn't wanna deal with the contractor. She doesn't wanna deal with anybody. She'll call my brother, she'll call me and say, Guys, can you please just handle everything for me? (laughs) Right? Uh And so, sometimes, people don't have a son, uh, a niece, a nephew, an uncle, a a relative, or anybody that they can depend on like that. Uh And that just might be you as the salesperson going into that customer's house. And that's what I mean by calibrate. You have to understand in the situation that you're in, the person that you're dealing with, the situation that uh, that is building up. And if you're not building any value with a customer, stop, calibrate quickly. Obviously, you don't have 10, 20 minutes to just assess the whole situation because you're literally having to calibrate in front of the customer. But or, if
1: you, oh, yeah, go okay. ahead, Johnny, go ahead. I was going to just uh, ask if, uh, if you and your several years, if you had any tips as to to know when is it that you didn't build that trust with the customers uh you know like i said some salesmen do do understand where they are in the process and how much trust they built to the customer but as uh, to the ones who are just rushing through it rushing through the presentation how can you uh is there any tip or any way to assess your your movement before you go on to the walkthrough and assess the situation I- to know if you have uh, the trust that you need before moving